0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the TCT Podcast. I'm Jordan Thomas, Pastor Grace Church Memphis, and I'm joined today by, uh, in the truest sense of the word, a a very dear brother of mine, fellow pastor, John Erickson, who pastors Jubilee Community Church in Minneapolis. And before we even do some intros of John, uh, I want to say that this is a special episode Even in the young life of this TCT podcast, uh, this podcast is not designed to be a kind of current events podcast, but in light of the current cultural moment in which we're living, we would be remiss. We feel if we didn't at least attempt to offer a word of both lament and hope to the brothers and sisters and churches of our network. So we've arranged a special episode again with John Erickson. uh, But let me do just a little bit of setting the stage for the conversation that's about to follow. Uh, I understand some may listen June of 2020 and the context seems obvious, but perhaps somebody would stumble along uh, upon this episode months or years from now. So to set the stage for any who would hear, Uh, Last Monday, May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was senselessly killed by a police officer in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a city where John lives and ministers, and that now worldwide viral video footage shows that for nearly nine minutes, that officer's knee was on Mr. Floyd's neck, and for About the last three minutes of that duration, Mr. Floyd appeared to be unconscious. As that video footage unfolds, there are also multiple voices in the background begging the officer to remove his knee from George Floyd's neck. There are no words to adequately express the atrocity that that video represents and reveals. So before John and I even press on into this conversation, I'd like to just point to a few resources that I personally found helpful in the last week, just to process and both speak into just biblically frame where we're at and how to understand these moments and the aftermath of what's unfolded in our world. Uh, One would be a fellow TCT pastor, Kempton Turner preached a wonderful sermon from Luke 18, one to eight. You can find that video link at their church's website, city of joy, A Dear brother to John, who he's gotten to know well, and I've gotten to know from a distance Jarvis Williams, Uh, has a couple of resources and a book that we would like to recommend. Uh, The resources are article-length biblical and theological reflections on sin, hope, and resurrection. You can find that at thefrontporch.org. And then over at the Gospel Coalition, you can find an article that Jarvis was part of putting together, The Gospel and the Pursuit of Justice in Your City. Those two articles, but then in addition to that, Jarvis's book, One New Man, would be a resource we'd encourage anybody uh, to digest. In addition to that, our brother, Sean Cordell, and his wife, Dana, Sean's the executive director of our TCT Network, have contributed an article that's available at our TCT website, tctnetwork.org, and Sean and Dana's article is entitled, We Cannot Remain Silent, Caring for Our Churches in the Face of George Floyd's Yeah. But most of all, may we all devote ourselves to true earnest prayer and true devotion to the scriptures and to do so in community with the brothers and sisters in our local churches. And to that end, I feel like the gospel of Mark, where I've been meditating, has not only been a bulwark for my soul, it has been that, but every time I meditate upon it, chapter six today. It feels like it was written this morning. And I trust that wherever you turn in scripture, the spirit of the living God who inspired the words would meet you there and draw you near to the fountain of Christ in his sufficiency. I want to do just a little bit more context setting for the conversation we're about to have. I'm going to ask John to pray for us and then we'll do some introductions. Personal context. um, Last Tuesday morning, 630 a.m., my wife and uh, six children got in the car without me and left Memphis to drive to Minneapolis, Minneapolis for a previously scheduled visit to stay at John and Leslie's house with their family. So not only are John and I close friends and not only have we done uh, lots of life together and family vacations together, but our kids by God's grace are closely connected. Obviously none of us were aware of the video that would be released later that day. Uh, but about 12 and a half hours later, last Tuesday evening, my wife and kids arrived in Minneapolis and stayed for five or six days with John and Leslie. And it's less than a mile from the Erickson's house where kind of the epicenter of the protest, which developed into rioting, occurred. John and some other brothers in his church, uh, some other members of his church, set up a prayer tent right in the middle uh, of that environment seeking to minister the grace of Christ and call out to the Lord it's not lost on us that in the middle of all of this turmoil and what's unfolding now around our nation that there are also additional powers at play spiritual warfare is real Satan is always seeking to commandeer any moment or any issue to further his agenda to steal, kill, and destroy. And the final thing I'll say for context setting is John and I are two brothers in our 40s. We're not experts, but we are broken-hearted lovers of Jesus. And we do believe that the day is coming when the Lord will make all things right and will accomplish what he's taught us to pray that the will of the father will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And between now and then we don't want to have our head in the sand. We definitely don't want to ignore the issues of gross injustice in our country. And we both sought by the grace of God to live in accord with the Lordship of Jesus in our context and to lead our respective congregations to Drink from the sufficiency of Christ. John pastors in not only Minneapolis, but also in one of the most diverse neighborhoods in the country, the Phillips neighborhood. He can give more about that diversity in a moment, but we're personally broken and at the same time hopeful that our great God is still on his throne. He is reigning. And even in days like this, even when we can't see how He is advancing his kingdom in these difficult times. Well, with that context in mind, John, brother, would you first just lead us in prayer for the conversation? Then we'll do some introductions and uh, carry on with the talk.
1: Jesus, you promised us that in this world we would have tribulation. We have all in our own way experienced that tribulation in these past 10 days. And yet you told us two words of certainty that we can take heart. Jesus, for you have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. And so we pray right now with every person listening, whatever pain experience they're bringing to this conversation, that you would grant us A seeing of you that would allow us to take heart, knowing you, the King of kings and Lord of lords, will overcome this world and make all brokenness whole and all pain will be done away. So we look to you, even as we walk through days that are full of trouble.
0: We need you help
1: us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, brother, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, but uh, I know that you're an exhausted man. I know you've been burning the candle at both ends, and any rest you've gotten may not have been physically restful. So thank you for even being willing to enter in to this conversation. We trust the, the Lord will, will use it. Brother, I do love you. Uh, would you let the people know who may not be aware, just a quick intro uh, of yourself, your family, and where you serve?
1: Yeah. Amen. Thanks for having me. So my wife is Leslie of 22 years. She's been putting up with me. We have seven children that we are so thankful for, 21 down to six, and thankful for the interconnectedness with your family and and, uh, mutual love and all the fun that was had last week Mm. in the midst of all of this unexpected craziness. That was a grace from God that Uh, The children were less aware of what was going on because of that uh, sweet time Mm. together. Uh, Lived in Minneapolis now 38 years, and uh, just prayer walk-in yesterday from 14th and Chicago down towards 38th and Chicago, and I've spent 38 years living within three blocks of Chicago Avenue. Uh, Today, on 14th and Chicago, is the funeral memorial service for George Floyd. Mm. And uh, as I walked down from 14th yesterday to 22nd in Chicago is where I grew up. And then you keep going down to Lake Street, which is the same as 30th in Chicago, is, is where so much devastation has happened. And then down to 38th in Chicago, which has quickly become a... Uh, a, a memorial of of significant proportions uh, in the last 10 days since George Floyd was murdered. Mm.
0: Mm. Um, <sighs> brother, can't imagine what it's like living in the middle of that. We see it on TV, and it almost looks like a, another part of the world where we, you know, catch images of war-torn countries. But, uh, brother, <laughs> our heart goes out to you, to other brothers and sisters in the city churches that we know and love uh, tell the folks just a little bit, where, where do you serve as pastor? How long have you been there? How long has the church been in existence and kind of where is it situated in relationship to what you just described geographically?
1: Yeah. So Jubilee community church is going to celebrate by God's grace. 10 years. This, this fall, we are a mile from that 38th and Chicago location We are three blocks from Lake Street, which was the main thoroughfare of devastation. Um, And so all of this is is right around us. Hmm. Uh, I first became aware of what happened Tuesday when my 19-year-old son texted me uh, regarding his job at Target to say, Target just said, don't come in, there's no work here. And we both were wondering what does that mean? What's happening? Which was our first clue that uh, rioting had begun, looting had begun, and uh, thus began our week. But uh, all of that is right. Our, our grocery stores, our pharmacies, our Target—all all of those things are just mm. it's our neighborhood. My barber shop—that's uh, it's—that's all where we live and and move. Mm.
0: Brother, well, can you just do a quick walk walk through of the week from your perspective? Just kind of off the cuff, what's the yep. what's the week been like? Yeah, so
1: you mentioned before George Floyd was killed Monday, Tuesday things begin to unravel and unfold with the release of the video. Uh, many would say uh, the most egregious, most clear case of police misconduct. Just we always say we need more details, but in this case, it was all right there in front of us. This set off an outrage that, as you said, has spread around the world. but here it it blew up very quickly so uh, Tuesday suddenly, lawlessness erupted in our city, protest erupted and and what we saw throughout the week was there there were two things happening: there was protest and there was uh lawless. Looting and rioting, both both those things kind of happening in tandem. So, Tuesday raged into Wednesday, and lots of buildings were being burned down. Uh, the fire department, police were not responding to things. The police were hunkering down. They were overwhelmed with thousands mm-hmm. and perhaps ten thousand uh, people that were active in in some of these different things. There were certainly. It seems some, some, uh, a group of organized white uh, fire starters that, that really launch things. Uh, time will tell on that. Um, but by Thursday, I went to our pastors. We were to have our pastors meeting. And I said, uh, brothers, listen, we need to do something. Our, our weapons are not uh, gun and knife. They are prayer. And so I said, let's go and let's pray. And so we got a a tent and some cases of water and went over to that Target parking lot and said, okay, we're going to set up a prayer tent. So two others were were bringing those supplies. I went first to try to make sure we could meet there. I went to the, the police who were hunkered down in the third precinct across the street from Target. I said, can we set up a prayer tent in the Target parking lot? And they said, well, it's a war zone. They said, but go ahead, it might do some good. Mm. Just be aware, we can't protect you. So Mm. went over and uh, I'd been over early that morning and just smoke everywhere, looting ongoing, Uh, about 10.30 when I got there to set this up. uh, Still no police presence and no real positive presence, just ongoing looting of our our grocery stores on the north and the east, and then the target to the west, people milling around. So we set up the prayer tent, and, uh, and, and I just let our church know we're here. Some came by, and, and we just said to anyone who was walking by, there were people milling around the parking lot. We've got two things to offer you, water and prayer, and begin having conversations with different one. And it was really sweet mm. that as we were there, the Lord connected us with some young men that we've invested in over the years, uh, one of whom was in Target. And I put my arm over mm. his shoulder and just said, Bud, listen, I love you. I want to remind you of what's true. And uh, it, was, it was really sweet. And we were so thankful for that. And uh, so we, we were there praying with people. Uh, people thought, okay, they must be in charge. They started bringing donations to us and and then some folks came to help start cleaning up in the midst of of, of pandemonium and, and people walking right by mm. uh, going into target and come out with things. saw the worst looter uh, imaginable guy walking out with an armful of paper towels if you 're going to loot at least get something worth getting mm. but uh it was it was very surreal, so uh w- we could feel the angst building as we were there after we left. Uh, few minutes later, a car was set on fire right there. Someone was stabbed and, and things began to build that night. And the third precinct was uh, taken over, captured. I'm not sure when the last time that's happened in the U.S., but it mm. I, I don't know of one. But things really started to just feel really out of control that night. Uh, more fires were lit and spreading and no police presence, no fire response um that night at 2 a.m one of our elders called me and said john what do i do fires are raging on our block no one's coming to put them out what do i do with my family and we talked Mm. and we we prayed the next night friday uh the the action had moved to another precinct the fifth precinct another brother called me at 1 a.m that night and said what do i do with my family uh I don't know whether to evacuate. We prayed, we talked, and he said, I want to evacuate. And then he said, there's so many people outside my house, I can't even get to my car. And so as as Thursday went into Friday, then into Saturday, the governor said it's going to be worse tonight than before. And that was really a tipping point for people where Mm. everyone realized, okay, this just might be in our own hands. And so neighbors were meeting with neighbors to seek to, defend properties and and businesses. One of our men was standing with some youth from the Native American housing community in our neighborhood, defending the one corner store that was still standing. Uh, Others Mm. were were standing in front of uh, black owned businesses and other so many minority owned businesses. This was not happening in the the exclusive part of town. Uh, So uh, Saturday over a thousand people met at our park. To talk about defending uh, homes, home, to, house to house, and uh, and and then fa- many families in our church made the choice to uh, evacuate, especially those with with children, little children, and and uh, many others uh, decide to stay. And uh, but the tide began to turn that day. Um, w- one more thought: there is is one of our our guy who is with a couple of Native American neighbors asked them, are you afraid? And he said, well, we're kind of always afraid. And I thought Mm. that was a very helpful comment to realize Mm. for those of us who are Caucasian, the fear we were feeling was only a taste of what so many of our neighbors Mm. feel in an Mm. ongoing way. So not feeling sorry Mm. for ourselves, rather entering into uh, the experience that others feel all too often.
0: Hmm. Brother, I mean, I've talked to you several times, but hearing you recount that in summary fashion, going Monday to Saturday, and, but that, it, it's almost hard for me to process, even though you and I have had multiple conversations, and I've seen the news feeds, you know, by the thousands unfold with reports from your city, and in the middle of that, not only do you have a wife and seven precious children, you also had my wife and my six children staying in your house throughout the duration. You're getting calls at 2 AM the next day, 1 AM your elders are trying to figure out, do you evacuate? And Oh, by the way, you're also pastoring a congregation. So I know, even though you and I hadn't had, I don't know if we've had any, if we've had any, it had been many conversations about you're shepherding people, the Lord's people in the middle of this pandemonium and and mayhem. So uh, can you just say a little, I I know you're under no delusion that you guys did that perfectly, but what did shepherding the flock look like from, let's just say Monday until now?
1: Well, at times it looks like crisis management. Uh, Most other times it looks like reminding uh, people of what's true. You know, as, as so many Folks were trying to figure out evacuation our Our word was live at peace, do what will help you live at peace. There's not a right answer here. there's not a right answer in uh walking through a script no one's walked through in our city mm-hmm. um, and and really just talking you're you're praying we're we're praying that's that's our weapon, and we're talking and so lots of emails, texts, conversations, but also the church being the church, I wasn't talking with everyone. But our church was talking with everyone. I did try to post uh, updates of little videos and little comments just to help people understand what was going on and draw people to pray. And so many people were and we felt cared Mm -hmm. for by the prayers of of saints. Uh, But nothing extraordinary, living out just the the ordinary uh, work of the shepherd.
0: Amen. So have you guys had some moments where it's been church sanctioned, if you will, and, or elder organized for the church, just to process together in sort of larger community. I realize we're in a global pandemic on top of everything we're talking about. So maybe that's been, I don't know, video or virtual. Yeah, we've had, but if you've done that, what have those been like? Had two all church family
1: meetings, uh, via zoom, um, the first one was uh, a week ago Thursday and was a little more, I don't think people had quite grasped all that was happening yet. Last night when we met, a lot of emotion. A lot of people are are really on, on an edge, and yet it's been so good, so good. God is using this. Whenever God is knocking down our normal uh, supports, uh, he, he shows himself to be our support. And so I, I just hearing it in, in God's people, uh, just longing to share the gospel with different ones. Myself, I had two friends from, from high school that I've prayed for for over 20 years reach out and ask if we could talk. And mm. so we were talking about how do we gospel people? And people were saying, I, I don't feel like I do it well, and yet reminding ourselves that it's the good news that is the power of God unto salvation, <laughs> not our ability to uh, be wonderful wordsmiths and, and and praying for one another, encouraging one another in that way, but also a lot of long conversations, Amen. just talking, listening, hearing um, and uh it's been really good, mm. really sweet
0: and and I just believe, like you said, the Lord is using even these chaotic times and days for the advance of his purposes in the world through the simple proclamation of the gospel and the church having those conversations like you just described, these open, vulnerable, you said, I think lots of emotion flowing. I can only imagine what that loaded statement meant, but praise God that we have the saints to be able to process that with. Okay. Other churches connecting with other churches. Has there been any flavor of that yet? I think you alluded earlier to, getting together in a park to figure out how do we, how shall we now live? Yeah, but.
1: Saturday was a gathering of uh, some like-minded churches gathering together. Uh, gifted uh, local church planter led that time, and several others gathered together. Uh, he planted out of uh, City's Church, TCT Church here, and a very helpful word to us as an African-American for uh, all of us there uh, on how we might respond well, and it was it was good. And we we prayed, Brother the Jason Meyer from Bethlehem prayed uh, so powerfully at the end, and it was a, a sweet time. Uh, one block away from where so many things were happening at the corner of 38th in Chicago, we were at the corner of 39th in Chicago. Doing that, and uh, mm. so that was one. There mm. will be many more. There've been many things that I've missed this week. There's no end of folks sure. gathering together and uh, thinking and talking about important things in our city, as as is happening mm. around Thanks the guys. country. I know that this very quickly went from Minneapolis to around the country and around the world. So uh, what what started yeah. here didn't stay here very long. Yep.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, even the prayer meeting in the park, literally this past Saturday, same thing. Uh, Organized two blocks from my house and a sweet time of prayer with our neighbors for our great God to come and to act on his behalf and glorify his name, help his people. Okay, as we try to land the plane, again, thank you for this time. But let's leave with a word of hope. Uh, If you would say, if you can boil it down or squeeze it into one thing. Uh, that you would like to lay emphasis on in such a time as this, what comes to mind, brother?
1: A longtime friend of mine and I were talking yesterday, and, and he kept pointing to the word humility. He just said we have to be a people that's about humility right now, and I think that is so essential. I think that's so essential for all of us who are white American believers to know that, that some of this tumult and tribulation that we just experienced is much more normal for brothers and sisters around the world. Think about the church in Nigeria, whatnot, and then to think mm-hmm. about those of other ethnic backgrounds in our cities who have experienced very different realities. And so these are days to walk in humility, listening, um, humility, praying knowing that god is god and we are not and so we get overwhelmed easily and, and yet he does invite us to do as we're describing crying out to him in prayer not losing heart which is the temptation to, to it said some words in john 14 that were preparing me that first tuesday they said let not your heart be troubled and so humility says okay I'm not able to bear all these troubles, so I I can't let those rule and reign in my heart. Instead, I've got to look to Jesus, know that he's ruling and reigning. And humility then allows me to rest. It allows me to to know that that he's got this and I don't have to bear this weight even as I listen, even as I love, even as I pray, even as I groan with, with injustice and with systemic brokenness in Memphis, as well as mm-hmm. Minneapolis and so many other cities, and labor for justice, labor for change, labor mm-hmm. for the uh, prosperity of our cities, even as we know we have no lasting city. There's that dual reality and a humility that just mm-hmm. says, we're going to do what we do uh, for the few days that the Lord has us, and yet he's at work, and so we rest in him.
0: mm mm-hmm. Well said, brother. And you have been a constant encouragement in my life to that end. So I give God glory for you, for your friendship. And with that in mind, I didn't plan on doing this, but uh, the Spirit of God has stirred up in me as you're talking. I'm going to ask God to do what you just gave expression to. So I won't say it that well, but God knows my heart. Let's close with prayer. Oh, Father, we bow before you. We confess that we don't have the words, but we thank you that you've already told us when there's a deeper than word groaning down in our soul, that the Holy Spirit gives verbiage and articulation in your presence to the cries of our heart. And we thank you that the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, that Christ, our righteousness, the guarantee of our eternal acceptance before you seated at your right hand, he himself also joining the spirit pleads for us and intercedes for us. And we thank you, God, that you are for us and not against us, that there's nothing even in this fallen world and in our own hearts that can separate us from your love. And we ask that you would cause.